What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and week six is in the books, which means it's time to look ahead to another week of fantasy football. We have week seven coming up here, and we have a lot to talk about on today's waiver wire show. We have a lot of injuries with Kyron Williams down. You have Christian McCaffrey hurt. You have David Montgomery hurt. So we're going to talk through my must target waiver wire ads for week seven of the fantasy football season. We have a lot to get into today, so let's not waste any more time. If you enjoy, make sure you get down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. Now, I usually split these guys up into priority ads and then just normal ads, but most of these guys are priority ads that I would sort of put a nice hefty bid on. Like, it's kind of a juicy week for waivers. Now, first up here, we have a pair of Los Angeles running backs. We have Zach Evans and Royce Freeman. Now, let's just talk about Zach Evans first because I think that he's the most relevant of the two. He's the most fun. I will say he is a, uh, I would call him kind of like a dynasty darling. Like we did like him coming out of school. Uh, you can see here, I don't know why it's so massive, but you can see here, I mean, six round pick, but he did run like a four five, 208 pounds. He could catch past a 6% college target share, 6.8 college yards per carry, super, super explosive. And that's kind of the selling point with Zach Evans is that he is a really good pure runner where if we look there he is in the 95th percentile for yards at the contact per attempt but this is just a chart i believe from arjun menon on twitter and it just breaks down uh every college prospect running back from this class and just kind of where they rank percentile wise in yards at the contact per attempt zach evans 95th percentile uh missed tackles force per attempt only 73rd percentile but then explosive run rate 94th percentile yards per run 89th percentile so he's all around a very good running back on a per touch basis he's someone that had a lot of juice he was a five-star recruit coming out someone that a lot of Debbie guys where Debbie are guys that draft players straight out of high school they were big on Zach Evans he goes to TCU he battles with Kendra Miller he goes to Ole Miss he battles with a kid uh who you're going to know about in like two years Quinshawn Judkins so he never really was a workhorse in college but someone that I think six round draft capital was lower than a lot of people expected him to go so Zach Evans is a really fun prospect and now you have the Rams backfield wide open where Kyron Williams MRI just revealed uh, an ankle sprain or revealed just an ankle sprain that may knock him out this week it seems like Kyron Williams is going to miss one to two weeks here and then the next guy up is Ronnie Rivers who has a grade three PCL sprain he's out four to five weeks so this is a team that feeds their number one running back we've seen it all year where Kyron Williams isn't like I, I know he just came off a big game but he's not spectacular in any sense of the word he's a day three running back 4'6 speed, undersized out of Notre Dame. He's a fine running back, but he's not anything crazy. But Sean McVay does really lean on one guy usually. And if Zach Evans finds himself in that role, he's going to be in the mix to be an RB2 every week that Kyron Williams is out. Now, the issue is, if Zach Evans was so good, how come he couldn't beat out Ronnie Rivers? And that's a fair question. And that's kind of the question I see myself asking. Because Zach Evans, we know he has juice, right? He's the young guy in there and still... McVay has preferred to go with Ronnie Rivers and Kyron Williams. He's kind of, you know, average running backs. It almost seems to me like Sean McVay prefers his running backs to just not screw up, if that makes sense. Like he almost just wants 
a steady Eddie veteran type of presence. And that's why I think Royce Freeman is also very much worth a peek. Where Zach Evans, I think, would be my main waiver wire ad, but I wouldn't go all out crazy for Zach Evans. It could be a similar uh, demarcado situation. And it wouldn't shock me. Royce Freeman's on the practice squad, super productive out of Oregon, could catch passes, 238 pounds here, six foot, big back. He can do pass protection. He can catch passes. He caught a ton of passes at Oregon. Didn't really work out in the NFL, but he was a third round pick. And it wouldn't shock me if he was just one of these guys that McVay uses. You know, we've seen him make Malcolm Brown startable in fantasy. We've seen him make Darrell Henderson startable in fantasy. Cam Akers, two guys who are pretty much, I mean, on the fringes of the NFL a year later. So it wouldn't shock me if he used like the most boring guy possible in the backfield. So something to look out for. Again, I wouldn't go all out on Zach Evans. Royce Freeman, definitely worth a pickup. Zach Evans also worth probably over 15% of your budget. But again, I wouldn't go like 100% and think that he's going to be the one-for-one -one replacement to Kyron Williams. Now, after that, we have a pair of 49ers running backs because we have another injury. We were talking about it earlier. We have Christian McCaffrey. He goes down. Christian McCaffrey, oblique injury. This is an excerpt from 4 for 4. They have an injury report every week. I believe Jeff Mueller writes the column. It's really, really good. He kind of just talks through what the injuries are, the projected timetables. Uh, while the injury knocked out Christian McCaffrey from the game, he was notably moving quickly, jumping up and down, twisting, trying to work it out. The challenge for us, 49ers play on Monday night. So hopefully we hear about his status by Saturday or Sunday for week seven. Otherwise, we'll have to guess on availability. Seems like he's going to be out one week at most. Oblique injuries aren't super, super uh, intense. So this is going to be a very short-term option here, right? Like maybe you have somebody on by, maybe you have like a Joe Mixon on by, maybe you have Brees Hall on by and you like a one-week fill-in. I don't mind taking a shot at the 49ers running backs. My, my preferred option of the two would be Jordan Mason. I've seen guys now, I don't know how much weight you want to put on uh, 49ers beat reporters and just kind of the... The vibes that I sort of hear on Twitter from people that are either beat reporters for the Niners or 49ers fans, seems like a lot of people think that uh, Jordan Mason here has overtaken Elijah Mitchell. Now, of course, the two waiver wire ads we're talking about here, Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell, my preferred option would be Jordan Mason here, where we see after the McCaffrey injury, Mason gets 62% of the snaps, he gets the inside the 10 carry, uh, and then Elijah Mitchell is just 24%. So it seems like Jordan Mason might have passed him here. Uh, Jordan Mason also had five carries for 27 yards and a touchdown, which is fine, right? It's like over five yards per carry. It's a small sample. But then you have uh, Elijah Mitchell, who had two carries for negative three yards, no touchdowns. So, I mean, Jordan Mason, again, we're talking small, small sample here, but he was better. So maybe they just sort of ride, ride the hot hand. Jordan Mason also ran more routes. He took more carries than Elijah Mitchell. So for me, he's a preferred option, but Elijah Mitchell also not a bad uh, play this week, right? I think I'll probably have Jordan Mason as like a – borderline RB2, and then I'll probably have Elijah Mitchell flirting with like the top 40 running backs this week. But again, you could be so down bad, uh, you just have to make it work. Maybe you have like Kyron Williams and Joe Mixon and Brees Hall. Like you can, you can find yourself in a pretty tough situation this week with all the running backs hurt and all the buys. So moving on from that, we have Craig Reynolds here, which again, beneficiary of another injury. We have David Montgomery go down, and it seems like he's going to miss seven, like pretty much a, a locked Mick miss week seven and then it's up in the air on if you'll miss week eight now what jeff Mueller says in this four for four article uh david montgomery has a left rib injury his return to play is all dependent on his level of pain and bruising x-rays came back negative so we know there is no fracture one variable that cannot be predicted that a pain persists the lions could be conservative and keep him out until their week nine buy leading to a week 10 return so that's sort of the concern is they have a week nine buy and it would kind of it kind of makes sense for them to keep him out 
week nine, give him like, you know, this entire three to four weeks to actually heal up because it seems like, you know, he got hurt earlier in the year. He missed a game. He got hurt again. Maybe they kind of want to be a little bit more cautious, but also Montgomery's been their most reliable runner. So who knows? But we have Craig Reynolds, who's going to be locked into RB2 status this week if Jameer Gibbs misses another week with injury. So that's kind of the, you know, there's a lot of variables at stake here, like Zach Evans, rookie. Is McVay going to trust him? Uh, the other one is McCaffrey's even going to miss a week. Now, this one is will Jameer Gibbs play? Because if Jameer Gibbs plays, Craig Reynolds isn't all that interesting. Now, I will say Jameer Gibbs has a hamstring injury. We've talked with Tom Christ, doctor of physical therapy. You talk with him once a week. If you haven't checked out that, that video, make sure you do. Like every Saturday, I bring on Tom Christ. He's a doctor of physical therapy, works with the fantasy injury team. Uh, they have a cool website. And we just kind of break down what's going on. Based on his research, hamstrings don't really affect running backs too much, but a guy like Jameer Gibbs who plays so much wide receiver and is a speed back, getting to top speeds, hamstring is an issue. He didn't even really seem close to playing this week. There was never He never practiced. He, it never seemed like it was up in the air whether Gibbs was, would play. He was just ruled out. So that tells me that he's a true toss-up to play in Week 7 now. So I don't mind grabbing Craig Reynolds and sort of taking the gamble that Gibbs doesn't play because if Gibbs misses... Craig Reynolds, you can fire him up as an RB2 uh, in his absence. I also think, funny enough, we're going to put our hand in the dirt here for a second. I do think, I mean, everybody saw the block for Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Craig Williams probably earned himself like more touches and more trust after that big play. I saw a clip that's been going around too where they were like debating cutting him and they're just like, no, like this guy represents what our team is. So this is the split last time that Gibbs and Craig Reynolds suited up. This was week three when uh, David Montgomery was hurt. And Craig Reynolds was a non-factor. We're talking 13% of the rush attempts, 26% of the routes. I mean, two PPR points. That's just not going to do it. Gibbs was the lead guy. But what I'm trying to say is that in this situation, Gibbs is coming off injury. Craig Reynolds is coming off a week where he had this massive, massive block that everybody's talking about. It wouldn't shock me. It, it, it wouldn't shock me at all if they treated Craig, really, Craig Reynolds straight up like David Montgomery this week and gave him like, you know, 12 to 15 carries like it, it really wouldn't shock me a ton now I will say they're playing in Baltimore that's a really tough defense uh but if Gibbs plays Craig Reynolds probably flirts with like uh, he's probably like somewhere in the RB 30 to 40 range for me if Gibbs does not suit up then he's probably somewhere in the RB 20 to 30 range for me so do with that as you will now our next ad here is Roshan Johnson he's somehow some way not owned in 50 percent of ESPN leagues it's pretty simple with Roshan Johnson Khalil Herbert's going to be out for another three to four weeks here. And Roshan Johnson was the preferred running back over Deontay Foreman. Roshan Johnson's in clear concussion protocol. Deontay Foreman was the lead back last week. But it wouldn't shock me if Roshan Johnson still had his seat warmed for him to be the 1A to Deontay Foreman's 1B. And in that situation, it's interesting. Now, I will say it's a little bit of a damper that Justin Fields is hurt, right? He, like, dislocated his thumb on his throwing hand, which is brutal. That hurts the entire offense a ton, right? Justin Fields was moving the ball. We saw it versus Washington. We saw it the game before that. He was looking good. Now everything's kind of up in the air. Uh, I'll still say, I mean, we saw with Chuba Hubbard last week. Even if the, the offense is a dumpster fire, if you can find yourself as a lead back on an NFL offense in this running back landscape right now where everyone's hurt or on bye, they're probably startable. So I don't mind Roshan Johnson, right? We had like a 60-40 split for Deontay Foreman this week. You had Darrington Evans at 37% of the snaps. Deontay Foreman at 60%. Now, Deontay Foreman getting 8 of 15 long down and distance snaps tells me that Roshan Johnson is going to slot in and take pretty much everything that Darrington Evans had, plus long down and distance stuff, 
And then I think he's probably the lead back here where Foreman probably reverts to like 40% mixing in on goal line uh, and short yardage and like between the tackles rushes. So that's kind of an interesting role. Roshan Johnson, if he plays this week, probably in the mix right around like RB30 when I do my weekly rankings. Now, next up, our fifth must-add waiver wire target, we have Kareem Hunt here. Um, he kind of had a little bit of a backfield takeover this week. I, I wouldn't call it a complete takeover, right? You have uh, Jerome Ford still at 51% of the snaps, uh, 52% of the rush attempts, but Kareem Hunt comes out here with 37% of the snaps, 36% of the rush attempts, 32% of the routes. You know, he was decent this week. We had 16 PPR points. He was the RB10, and it wouldn't shock me. You know, he's already familiar with the system, right? Like he, him and Kevin Stefanski have been together for what, like the previous three years with Nick Chubb. And I think kind of what I'd expect moving forward is Jerome Ford will be in his, like pretty much a Nick Chubb role. Kareem Hunt will be in the Kareem Hunt role from a few years ago, but Jerome Ford isn't Nick Chubb. So some of that Nick Chubb work is going to spill over into Kareem Hunt as well. I would almost read it like a pure 50-50, but in an offense that's sort of been run heavy and kind of the identity of this team has been relying on defense. I don't hate that. Kareem Hunt's probably like an RB3 uh, moving forward, which again, in the current landscape of things, is great. Now, after that, we have Wandale Robinson. And Wandale Robinson is really climbing up the routes here. Now, I will say a little bonus. This is a screenshot from yesterday's Top 10 Lessons Learned. Jalen Hyatt's a fun stash as well. We always talk about rookie wide receivers being late season hammers. Right? We've seen Amara St. Brown and Christian Watson and Brandon Ayuk, A.J. Brown. The list goes on and on. Even Darius Slayton and Terry McLaurin. Wandale Robinson, man. He's had over 20% target share in each of his last three games. His route percentage keeps going up. Now, week five, he had a concussion. That's why his routes didn't go up. But, I mean, he commands targets. He's coming off a week where he had 14.2 PPR points, and he plays Washington this week where Drake London went off against Washington. DJ Moore went off against Washington. AJ Brown went off against Washington. Like, everybody's killing Washington secondary. So I don't mind Wondell Robinson uh, in that spot. He's, to me, I mean, it's tough. He had 7.75 uh, yards per catch. This past week, his ADOT is so low that, I mean, even in an eight-catch game, you're going to get, you know, 14 PPR points, but it just kind of, like, that's sort of fine, you know? If you just need a bi-week fill-in, that's not the end of the world. So, Wanda Robinson, a decent pickup there. Now, we also have some rookie-wide receivers to talk through. We're first up, we have Josh Downs. Again, rookie-wide receivers breed upside. They smashed on the stretch of an NFL season, and Josh Downs is no different here. Now, his past snap percentage, so this is the rookie wide receiver report. You can see Josh Downs is going to be between Demario Douglas and Jaden Reed. We have their past snap percentage of just how often are they on the field for passing downs. That's all we care about. Uh, target per out run, anything over 20% is good. Uh, yards per out run, anything over 2 is elite. PFF grade, anything over 80 is elite. Now, Josh Downs doesn't hit any of those markers, but he's been scoring PPR points, which is what we're looking for. He had 13.1 PPR points. He had 8 targets this week, which is amazing, but... That was just five catches, 21 yards, and a touchdown. He had a low A dot this week, but Minshew has had games where Downs has been more of a downfield guy. I think that the whole passing game kind of just struggled this week versus the Jaguars. But you have Josh Downs here, who now we have in two games where Anthony Richardson played 50% or more of the snaps. Josh Downs had 5.7 PPR points in the four games without Anthony Richardson or where Anthony Richardson didn't play more than half of the game. You now have Josh Downs at 12.6 points per game. 12.6 points a game is a nice, solid flex. He came home, or he came through for you if you needed a flex play this week anyways. So Josh Downs is probably going to be doing more of that in the future. Now, after that, we have another rookie wide receiver here. We have Rashi Rice, who's at the top of this leaderboard. 
80 plus PFF grade, two plus yards per out run, 30% target per out run, elite numbers across the board. Now, when the routes go up, those numbers will come down, but he's at least showing that he is a player. He's a guy, right? He's talented. He is showing a lot more uh, than a lot of our darlings like Jack Smith and the Jigba and Quentin Johnson are showing at this current juncture, if you will. Now, Rashi Rice's issue is that he's not getting on the field. 50% of the pass snaps is not someone you can start in fantasy, but Justin Watson's hurt. Rashi Rice is a rookie that can keep earning more playing time, and if he can get to 80% plus, he becomes someone you can start every single week who's attached to Patrick Mahomes and has league-winning upside. So Rashi Rice, I think, is a mustache if you're in a spot where you don't need somebody to start right away. Now, after that, we have someone that if you do need to start right away, you can, and that'd be Curtis Samuel. Uh, he has three straight games now of 14-plus PPR points. He gets carries. He gets targets. He has a bunch of different avenues two scoring PPR points. He's the wide receiver 24 on the year so far. He gets the Giants this week, which is a really light, easy matchup here. So Curtis Samuel, in a world where Jahan Dotson is doing absolutely nothing week in and week out, Curtis Samuel is a flex play until Jahan Dotson decides to play wide receiver. Then we have Kendrick Bourne, who's so, he's, he's so weird, man. Like, Belichick sometimes loved to use Kendrick Bourne and sometimes he doesn't. Like 93% of the, the routes in week one, 21% of the targets, boom. That's a flex play. Then we have week two, 55%, 73%, 59%. Then the last two weeks, 20% plus target share, 90% plus routes. So if that sticks in any capacity, even on what's been a dumpster fire team this year, that's going to be a flex play. So just keep an eye out on those routes and those targets. But for now, I'd be comfortable saying if you know you're down bad, bye weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Kendrick Bourne is a fine like desperation start, and then we have a bonus that I want to talk about. Michael Mayer, he's a fun one. Uh, rookie, he could be the next like you know Sam Laporta here, like sort of a poor man Sam Laporta. Um, he has had weeks four through six, thirty percent of the routes, then forty four percent of the routes, and sixty seven percent. He's just slowly been taking over the starting job. Uh, he had a good week this past week where he had a. 21% target share, 27% target prop run is amazing. He was a mega producer at Notre Dame where he produced all three years. A great blocker, great pass catcher. Uh, he just had six catches or six targets, five catches for 75 yards. 15 yards per catch is amazing. Like he is a big play target hog tight end with a ton of upside. So Michael Mayer, uh, not a bad stash at all. You can almost play right away. I mean, he gets Chicago this week. Um, where as long as Jimmy Garoppolo uh gets healthy then you're going to be in a good spot with michael mayer now that is going to do it for us today i do want to let you guys know uh literally as soon as i post this video to go live i'm going to go finish up my waiver wire article where i break down every single week on the patreon patreon.com slash ron stewart i break down my top like 10 to 15 running backs my top 10 to 15 wide receivers tight ends quarterbacks i outline exactly how much fab i'm bidding on those guys and reasoning and stat nuggets underneath them. I think it's one of the more useful waiver wire articles in all of the land. So that's patreon.com slash Ron You can find that in the description, comment section down below, all of that good stuff. And if not, man, just subscribe, leave a like, and I will see you guys in the next one. Like this froze, uh, ice cold